for you and happy to do so. Have you ever said to yourself, tomorrow I will do such and such? Or tomorrow I will build this, or I'll study that, or I'll save for a rainy day, or any other thing that is off in the future. Well, I'm here tonight to tell you that tomorrow will never come. You might say, wait a minute, tomorrow is just after today. Most of us are familiar with the story of the rich fool that Jesus told about in the 12th chapter of the book of Luke. He was a foolish man. In Luke 12, 16 through 20, if you, I'm a reading from the New American Standard, so you follow along with me or, or listen with me. And he told them, that's Jesus, told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The rich man was planning for tomorrow. I'm going to come back to this story in just a minute, but we want to look what we have on a day-to-day -day basis. We have yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Yesterday is gone. It won't come back, and there's nothing you to do to change it. Some say it is what it is. It's the past. The past is the past. What happened yesterday can never be changed. No matter how much we wish we could change things, it is set in stone, so to speak. In Luke 12:25, in which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? You can't change yesterday. It's gone. So if yesterday is gone, now we have tomorrow and today. What is tomorrow? Webster's defines it as on or for the day after today. On or for the day after today. It's a day after the present. So tomorrow is just a hope, a dream, by and by, or the hereafter. So now we're left with today. So the question is, should we plan or predict the future? You can give a good guess as what what you would do or what excuse me, you can give a good guess but do you really know? 
But you can give a good guess. And how is that? By looking at today. The rich man was planning for tomorrow. Can you change tomorrow? Yes and no. Unlike yesterday, you can't change, but you can have an effect on tomorrow. Tomorrow is like grabbing a handful of air. You open your hand, nothing is there. So it's a hope. It's a wish. It's something that you plan on, but you can't say for sure you have it. What you can do today can affect tomorrow. So what did the rich man fail to do in his planning for tomorrow? He failed to plan for today. The Bible says a lot about today. So let's define today. Since we've defined the others, we'll define today as owner for today. At the present time. The now, 24 hours. So yesterday's gone. Tomorrow is just a hope, but we have the present today. Tomorrow is never going to come because it will always be the present. Once tomorrow gets here, it will be the present or tomorrow. So tomorrow will never come. It's always the present. So if it, is pre- if it is the present or today, today is a present. We call it the present because it is a gift. Every day you have is a gift. So the question is, what are we going to do with our todays? I can turn my page. What are we going to do with our present? The Bible can give us an example through the little ant. In Psalm, excuse me, in Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, it says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which have no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers, gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest, your poverty will come like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. What is the ant doing? He's taking advantage or it's taking advantage of the time it has today. We should be taking advantage of our time. Some examples of our time that we take of, that we listen to God, is found in Exodus 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, and he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. In Deuteronomy 11, 7, 11, Therefore, you shall keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. And in Psalm 95, 6 through 11, the passage reads, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. 
And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Mirabah, as in the day of Massah in the wilderness when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said that they are a people who err in their heart and they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, truly they shall not enter into my rest. And only two in their families entered into that rest of all of those people that came out of Egypt, except for those that are 20 years old and younger. In Deuteronomy 4.39 also, Know therefore today, and take it to your heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. What we do today will affect today. Three things that will affect yours and my, <clears throat> yours and my today. One of the first, the first one I have listed is denying him. In Luke 12, 8 through 9, Jesus said to the throng that was there, And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Rather sobering. You remember Peter, impetuous Peter. When Jesus had finished, after the Lord's Supper that was instituted in Luke, he told Peter this in Luke 22, 31 through 34. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, this is Peter, Lord, with you I am ready to go both to prison and to death. And he said, Jesus said to Peter, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you do not know me. When he was being accused by the Sanhedrin early in that morning, in Luke twenty-two sixty-one, it says the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he told him before a rooster crows today and will deny me three times. It just took a look. And can you imagine that look? And what Peter felt, because it said in the next verse, and he went out and wept bitterly. He had just denied him the third time, even cursing to the point that I don't know the man. But he had just said earlier that he would go to prison and to death with him. We all know that Peter changed his ways and he turned again. And so he was not denying him anymore. The second thing that can affect our day is unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 15 through 19, while it is said today, if you hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when he had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And when and with whom he was angry for 40 years, was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter that rest because of unbelief. They did not believe. Yet every day they had God as a cloud or a pillar of fire by night. Their clothes never wore out. They had their shoes never wore out. They had they were fed both by manna and by quail and everything else they needed. And yet they died because of unbelief. So what are you going to do with your today? Your present. Your now. Some people get rich in the now. Like the rich man. The rich ruler, he planned for the physical, but not for the spiritual. No one can ever say that they had more time or the now than any of the rest of us. Because we each have 24 hours a day. No one gets any more time than the other. We all have the same. Some people build great structures in there today, like the rich man said, I'm going to build bigger barns. It's what we do with what we receive that makes the difference. If you made all of the money in the world, would it be enough? Have you ever heard of the rich people saying, I've got enough? Everybody seems to want more, even though they might have a lot. The third thing that we can do really affects our soul and really has tremendous benefits from it, and that's to believe in him. You might ask yourself, what is your soul worth? How much would you be willing to give up for your soul? But what you do today can last an eternity. You can't get a better return on investment than that. People call that ROI, return on investment. If you believe in him today, you can become one of his children, and that will affect eternity. Finally, in Acts 4 and 12, there is salvation in no other There is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And in 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse 2, for he says, At the acceptable time, I listened to you on the day of salvation. I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you are subject to the gospel call, come believing, give your heart to Jesus, repent of your sins, confess his name, and be baptized for the remission of your sins, because eternity waits. Let us stand and sing.